It's time to start rallying around America's young conservatives and explore what it means to be a young Republican in the 21st century, in a world where it seems like everyone under 30 must be a liberal. These are the stories you haven't heard before from the voices of America's young conservatives. So let's find out what it truly means to be raised right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Raised Right Podcast. I'm your host, Rayleigh Klein. I'm a young conservative who stood up for the First Amendment against her university, Arizona State University, after I was canceled by my peers and fired from my leadership position by my university for tweeting out information that didn't fit the bigger narrative in journalism school. Today's guest I'm super excited to bring on her story really parallels mine so much so that someone actually thought that I was her. I'm talking about Ivory Hecker. Okay. You probably are familiar with her, with her name and her story. And if you're not, you soon will be, but I was sitting next to April Moss, who I'm hoping to get on this show soon too, but we were sitting together at a speaking event and someone came up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, are you Ivory Hecker? And I was like, no, I'm I I'm like the mini version of her. I I blew the whistle on my my school rather than actually being in my career for several years before, you know, you made that big move. So it got me thinking, gosh, I need to get her and April on my show to share, you know, what they did in their careers and it was very similar to what I did in journalism school. So, I'm excited to have Ivory on this week to share the full story. For those of you that don't know anything about what she did, she blew the whistle on her, I guess her place of work, Fox 26 in Houston, um, for basically just not staying true to what journalism is supposed to be. It's supposed to be all about telling the truth and connecting people to the policy, and and that wasn't happening. And so she she blew the whistle on them live on air, was working with Project Veritas to kind of get this out has a bunch of recordings. So after you listen to this episode, I strongly encourage you to go check out her social media, listen to all the recordings that we talk about on the show, and really just like dive into what she went through and the reality of what journalists are being pushed to do and pushed to talk about. She was told, you know, by her bosses, if you support the free sharing of information, keep that to yourself. She was told, you know, if you want to stick around and you want to do well in this institution you need to just kind of follow the narrative don't make yourself stand out um and there was just a lot of like I said parallels to her story and what I went through and when I listened to those recordings my stomach just dropped because I was told the same things and hear about a young woman being told that in her career not just in school but in you know the quote-unquote real world was just shocking to me. So without further ado, let's bring on Ivory Hecker to tell her story. I'm Ivory Hecker. I'm originally from Wisconsin, grew up in Wisconsin, uh, and wanted to get into journalism late in high school as I saw the power of the media and the importance free press plays in preserving individual liberty. So Went off to Syracuse University. Uh, They have one of the best journalism schools in the country. So lived in New York for a few years for that. And then just worked at various TV stations across the country until I landed at Fox, uh, you know, which is like, you know, working from Murdoch run organization. uh, I was excited to be a part of this powerful corporation where I had loved watching a lot of the, a lot of the Fox, um, 
coverage. And uh, so being in that company was a thrill and I wanted to stay and grow and I loved my team. And then weird things started happening this past year that were quite unjournalistic. And uh, from what I was hearing from others, this is happening in multiple places um, as far as narrative news telling and uh, setting, not only setting aside facts, but banning certain facts from, from reaching the public's ears. So it was really disheartening that I was happening in my dream organization. And I, I was like, well, I've got to get out. You know, we still have the first amendment. So if I stay in this company and allow the narrative, you know, to allow myself to be used as a tool of narrative for the rest of my life, um, that just didn't feel right to my heart. I was like, I need to fully utilize the first amendment, you know, or we could risk losing the first amendment if, if all journalists don't, you know, try to use what we have. So that's what kind of led me in into what happened over this past month. Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely get into that because there's a lot to unpack there for sure. But something that kind of struck me was you had a coworker, I believe he was like your assistant creative director at Fox 26, um, who basically gave you the advice of if you want to kind of progress to this company and succeed essentially you kind of have to just sit back and go along with the narrative that they're pushing how did that kind of make you feel oh it was it was hor horrible to hear it was very disheartening to hear he wasn't just a coworker; he was a boss he's one of the uh, the fox executives and he's one of the executives who sits in in the national meetings um ralph rendon so he would he's in charge of creative for Houston. And then my direct boss is in charge of news for Houston, but they would both sit in on the national meetings and have the national bosses give directives. And in that, you know, that same night that he told me that he told me that we got together in May of this year. And uh, he was telling me about how the bosses in New York would call on my boss, Susan in Houston. And, um, and basically really, critique her pretty harshly about how she was running her newsroom and making sure that she stayed on track. And then, then Ralph went on to give me advice and say, if you want to stay and grow in the company, you need to um, accept that Republican gets this much airtime, you know? So obviously when we're talking Fox, Fox News National, there's a lot more Republican coverage. But Fox News local, apparently the rule was that Republican gets this much, this much. Um, and this was out of left field for Ralph because I always, I always pursue truth. I'm not thinking political parties when I'm trying to get to the bottom of what's really going on. And so here Ralph was telling me, Ivory, you're coming off to Republican and we need to check you if you really want to grow. If you want to get up to news, Fox news channel that's an easy slide up because you're already in the company but you need to accept the narrative here on the ground in houston that it's this much republican and i was just stunned i i was like i'm coming off to republican apparently by representing all my viewers what i do is i i i not only keep my email open to every story idea every concern the viewers have but I'm looking at the comment section. I'm constantly getting a, a taste of what, what are the people's concerns? What stories do they want to see covered? 
And there's been a lot of concerns over this past year. It's been a weird year in America. And I was pitching those stories. So I was pitching off narrative stories a lot more because there were a lot of new concerns. And apparently that placed a label on me as Republican. And I, in order to get ahead, I needed to cut that out. It was pretty horrifying. Oh, I can imagine. That's so disheartening, especially, you know, when we think we go into journalism to tell the truth, right? Right, exactly. And to represent the people, to, to provide answers to the people. And I think we are seeing a lot of conservatives have themselves absolutely alienated by the news. Uh, news people uh, actively avoid answering the questions of the conservative section of the audience. And I'm wondering if it's because more journalists are going through what I just went through. More journalists are saying, oh my gosh, if I answer the questions, if I seek out and get answers to the questions these conservatives have, there's a target on my back for that. So for me to be able to grow in the company, I'm gonna have to forget about those viewers. I, I think there's a leftist culture in every newsroom I've worked in. But to have someone come to my face like Ralph did and say that, it just solidified the truth of the environment I was in. And by the time by the time Ralph approached me, and I guess it was May of this year, I had already been in talks with Project Project Veritas, and they had provided me with an undercover camera and said, you know, based on what you've already witnessed, it's important that you start recording all the time. And so that's how I got what Ralph said on camera. Yeah. And for the, you know, listeners and viewers that listen to this, go listen to that tape because it's so powerful. It kind of just, I mean, my stomach dropped listen to, listening to it because, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with my story, but I went through that just even in college at journalism school. And it's so disheartening to hear going, you know, thinking, okay, this isn't just in the schools. This is happening in the newsroom across the country. And it was the same for Carrie Lake. You know, she was like the alien in the newsroom because she was Republican and wanted to cover Republican stories. And it's just so scary that our journalism has, has turned to that. So I want to like rewind the clock here a little bit and talk about, you know, what really I think sparked you getting in touch with Project Veritas, which was he talked to a doctor in Houston. You were asking him the people's questions of, you know, the treatments that they were trying to treat COVID-19, including hydrochloroquine. And he had said, you know, we, we've we tried it, it's it's worked in some cases, but unfortunately I can't tell reporters that or a lot of people have been asked not to talk about that. Um, walk me kind of through what that interview was like and if it was like an aha moment for you and then being told that you couldn't put that part in your news package. Well, last uh, last August is when I first interviewed that doctor. I'd never met him before, didn't know him. Fox sent me to his hospital. And hydroxychloroquine last summer was a big buzzword. And I simply asked him if he was using it. And, and he said, we're, yeah, and we're having success. Apparently I was one of few people who ever asked that question. And now if, if, if what happened to me happened to anyone else, I can see why nobody wants to ask that question because I basically got, I, I got harshly disciplined for simply asking that question and allowing his answer to reach the audience that he was using hydroxychloroquine. Fox had decided apparently that that was no longer a part of the narrative. So uh, they wanted to bury facts that didn't fit the narrative and, and teach the reporter 
who couldn't get the narrative through her head not to do it again. And so Fox, Fox disciplined me for that. They put me on a social media blackout. They told me I'd failed as a reporter. They wrote a defamatory letter of warning about me, put it in my file. Well, fast forward January, I got connected with Project Veritas and they wanted to tell my story. And as I was working with Project Veritas on getting more recordings of what Fox was really up to, I happened back across that doctor and saw, I just happened to see some numbers about the death rate at his hospital. And it turned out to be dramatically lower than other hospitals. That was just this spring. I happened across that data. It stunned me. I was like, wait, this whole time, this doctor that I was banned from, from talking to, because not only did I get in trouble talking to him the first time, but I was then banned from covering COVID drug treatments. And I was like, wait, so I'm not allowed to cover the progressing science on how to treat COVID after I shed light on what a doctor who's saving lives is doing because he was saving immensely more lives. Death rate at his hospital last summer when I covered him was 4.4% uh, amongst COVID patients. Normally, if you're so sick that you have to go to a hospital, the death rate across the nation, according to, to a study, was 20%. So 20% of COVID patients who are hospitalized are dying in other hospitals, but at Dr. Brown's hospital, 4.4%. Maybe, you know, a curious, really journalistic news outlet might want to explore exactly why that is, might want to look for every option on why that is. Um, instead, I was put under an ongoing ban on covering those topics of COVID drug treatments. So that was even more incentive of get me out of here so that I can finish covering this story on what really works because there's something to this doctor. He's obviously saving a lot more lives. So when I finally met with him, I actually shortly before I blew the whistle on Fox live on air, I met with this doctor to, to interview him and I actually did it secretly. I, I asked Fox for a vacation day and it actually happened to be Memorial day. So everyone thought I was vacationing in Austin. I was actually secretly hiring a cameraman with my own money and then booking this secret shoot, a band to shoot with this doctor. And it was just so sad. This, this had to be under wraps like this, mm -hmm. that, I had, that I had to go against my company to seek answers, answers from a doctor. So I poured over the numbers at his doctor, other studies. I looked at the CDC's analysis of hospitals and I compared all the math. And it was clear that his, his hospital is saving more lives. I talked to a top researcher on COVID drug treatments. I did a secret interview with World Health Org about COVID drug treatments, all behind Fox's back doing real journalism. The fact that I had to do journalism behind Fox's back because my boss's bosses told her that I'm banned from this. I mean, it, that's, um, they've, they've sent out this letter that was contrived by corporate HR saying Ivory's not allowed to cover this topic. So anyway, so come to find out he's saving more lives. I, I verified that, but what, what stunned me in that interview was that he said, you know, when I, when I, I hadn't even told him at the time what all I had gone through with Fox, that I had gotten in that much trouble with Fox. And I simply in the interview said, what if a reporter told you they were banned from covering COVID drug treatments? And it stunned me that he said, I have heard that from many reporters. I, you know, sometimes you feel like you're the only one. Uh, and, and here it is multiple news outlets 
restricting their reporters from covering what's really being used to treat this new incredibly frightening virus. Uh, there's something so wrong there when the media is acting like it's trying to find solutions to this pandemic that is destroying our, our economy um, and, and changing, changing the politics. I mean, we've seen unprecedented levels of regulation in our government using the excuse of COVID. And the media is saying it's all because we're looking for a solution. Yet when doctors are trying to tell you what the solution is, what they're finding as the solution, and their hospitals do have lower death rates and you don't want to get those answers from the doctors. It was a very creepy aha moment. And like I said, I, I, I did that Memorial Day weekend and then it was like, get me out of here so I can tell this story. Good. I mean, not good, but like good for you for having the courage to be able to, to stand up and, and blow the whistle on that because I think it's a harsh reality that we're starting to realize is happening all over the country from Phoenix to Michigan to Dallas, you know, in just local communities. And it's not, I mean, we've known it was there, but now we're really starting to see how real it is and it's terrifying. So what was like the final decision for you to blow the whistle live on air? What was going through your head? Walk us through that moment when you finally decided to make that big stand. Well, I think it was someone from Project Veritas who just casually threw out, you know, because I was racking my brain, how do I get out of this company, out of this restrictive contract? And I think someone from Project Veritas said, what if you just called them out live on air? Um, and they were saying, what if you quit live on air? But I love the idea of calling them out live on air and not quitting, but just saying, you know, I'm going to be telling this true story about my company. And so I was like, I think that's just the right thing to do. It's going to get the message out more. And I think it might actually protect me from the company by doing that. Like, um, cause then Fox ended up canceling their contract on me. I didn't have to get out of the contract. So that's what I ended up doing. But leading up to it, I, it was just like, I just had to say, you know, tell myself, well, this is just another news assignment. I'm not going to think too much about it. Otherwise I've been too nervous. So I just said, okay, this, this is just another part of my script I have to say. And, but then once I had said those words on air that I want to let you, the viewers know that Fox Corp has been muzzling me to keep certain information from you. Admitting that to the viewers, I knew it was such a hard page turn in my life of no going back from a company that I had loved that I wanted to stay with, but it had become a toxic relationship so it was a heartbreaking moment and the reality of what i had just done telling you know calling out my company was just so sad to me i drove right home and just cried and two hours later my boss called me saying why did you do that and i poured out my heart to her she stayed very quiet i mean she knew why i had done this i had been so honest with with the bosses over the months, every chance I got. Uh, so I just reiterated those things. And I said, I love you guys. I'm not trying to hurt you guys. I hate that I have to do this. I, I don't want to throw away my my job, my security, my paycheck, uh, my identity with Fox. It was a cool identity to be a Fox reporter. 
I don't want to do all that. And I love you guys. And I know that you're, you work so hard for this company and, and it sucks. The whole thing sucks. But end of the day, you guys are doing some propaganda. And I know you're offended to hear that, but it's true. You know, the journalism school definition of propaganda of suppressing for certain facts, overhyping other facts to direct the narrative this way instead of hitting the truth head on. That is propaganda and you're doing it. And she stayed very quiet. And I think it felt like she was recording me. I hope she was. I hope she took that recording and shared it with the other bosses because uh, I, I do love them and I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want to help people by, by telling this story. So yeah, it was a hard, it was a hard day. It was, it was very sad, but I knew it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, reached out to you and thanked you for having the strength to do that because we do need more of that in our country for sure. Yeah, actually, since, since I did that, so many journalists have reached out saying, thank you for speaking for us. We're, get, we're dealing through with the same thing. So right now I've actually been encouraging them to go to Project Veritas and tell their stories too. So I think we may be seeing another Newsroom Insider soon. Good. That's awesome. Good that they're having the courage, you know, to speak out for sure. So what was, you know, what was the big decision for you to bring on the defamation lawyer um, when they put that letter out about you and what was their reaction to finding that out? Well, yeah, back last summer when they wrote that letter, it was actually in September that they finally drafted this letter about me. I thought we were all good again, getting back to normal. And then they're like, no, this whole time corporate has been working on a letter about you. That's not even true. Um, I was just stunned at this letter. And I just was like, let me just call my friend who happens to be a lawyer and ask for his advice. But when he heard about the details of this letter, he was like, this is an easy defamation win. Let me represent you. And so I was like, okay, cause I'm about to hop on a zoom call with my bosses. <laughs> if, and he's like, I'll join you. And I was like, okay, so I get on the call. It's just me and the HR lady, the more, more bosses are coming. And I'm like, Hey, my lawyer's about to get on. And as soon as she heard lawyer, she was just like, Whoa, okay. You can't have a lawyer if we don't have a lawyer. So if you're getting a lawyer, we have to reschedule the zoom so we can bring on our lawyer. And I was like, okay, let's reschedule. <laughs> and then wow. she realized, oh crap, I'm very serious. So she asked my, asked me if I could forward my lawyer's information, I think to see if I was telling the truth about a lawyer. And so forwarded his email with her, with his contact. And she was like, oh no, we have to get a Fox lawyer involved. And they begged me not to have a lawyer involved. And this is all, all I just wanted to meet with them to say, hey, can we get rid of this? fake letter. This is uncalled for. Let's get back to journalism. I've been doing journalism. How did this all come up? You're accusing me of crazy things because I did journalism. Anyway, so they ended up begging me so much not to have a lawyer that my lawyer just said, look, I don't have to be in those meetings. If you record their faces, just set up a camera right here and record the Zoom. And so I was like, okay. So that's actually, it was because a lawyer that I started recording my boss's faces that are now publicly out there. And, and I didn't intend at that time to release this stuff, but it was like, once the gravity of all this happened to me is like, okay, I went, I, all this happened because I asked a simple question about the truth. 
And uh, I was like, this is way bigger than me. This is not about me having to fight with, for justice inside my company. This is about the viewers having the right to access to truthful information. Because if this happens to me, it, how much more is it gonna happen to other people? I need to tell this true story that, that while Fox may do a lot of great journalism, not, not every news organization is perfect and viewers should know that and they should think critically about all the news they're being told and what they're not being told. That's a big thing. What are you not being told as viewers? Turns out, I think there's a whole lot that the news has been suppressing. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to see that for sure. So you blow the whistle, you step out of your career. How did life change for you? I mean, where are you now? Where do you wanna go? What's new? Well, it was right after I blew the whistle that I met the CNN whistleblower, Carrie Porch, and his advice to me was to take every interview you can to, to just take advantage of letting people know the true story. So I took that to heart and, and I just got bombarded with media requests and people trying to interview me. And so I, I put a bunch of time into doing a lot of interviews because that's what Carrie recommended. But these, these interview requests have continued every single day. So now I'm like, okay, I gotta pace myself. And like, I wanna get back to real journalism. Um, so I, I dropped that first, first independent report about COVID drug treatment, you know, and I've, and I've been doing some posts about the news, but I really want to sink my teeth into some stories. A lot of people have been sending me news tips about important things that are happening. And I want to hit the ground again and cover some of these stories. Uh, so actually in the coming days, I'm going to be meeting with, with several different people that I might be able to collaborate and telling some true uh, some true news again, and really, really answering the questions that are being avoided by a lot of the media. Um, so between that, as well as is talking to all these 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 newsroom insiders, dozens who have come to me, who continue to come to me with their stories, and then a lot of these newsroom insiders are coming to me with so much fear about even talking to me. They're afraid to even tell me their story. A lot of newsroom insiders keep it so silent about what they're going through as journalists, um, which is why I want to blow the story up and, and tell all their stories. So since I don't have my own setup for news right now, I'm, and James O'Keefe has a huge platform, what I've been doing is just sending them all to James and being like, okay, I know you're busy too, but we got to tell these people's stories. Yeah. Um, so so I've been working, working with him on that, on like convincing people to talk and then sending them to James O'Keefe as well as collaborating with Project Veritas on uh, going and speaking at different events to hopefully also encourage more whistleblowers to come out. Uh, so that's, that's what I've been preoccupied with lately. That's awesome. Sounds like good things are up in the future then for you. It's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful for the future of journalism. Hopefully we can make some sort of a dent and get, get news back to journalism. Awesome. So for you as an individual, what was the biggest takeaway, the biggest lesson that you learned from this whole experience from beginning to end? Uh, just to stay authentic. There's a, there's a part of yourself that you sell away when you cave to pressure to, to, to keep with a corporate narrative or, or hide facts that might benefit the viewers 
so I think staying staying authentic, speaking the truth and, and following your heart always applies to everyone. And my motto that I like to live by is love everyone, tell the truth. So approach everything with love as hard as it was with Fox. I was doing it out of love and I still have love for my bosses uh, and I still wish them the best. And I just, but I have so much love for the, for the humanity and for America. If something doesn't make sense to you, don't agree to it. Don't act like it does and don't pretend to fit in, be just just have a knowing that life will support you if you step out and, and be real, stay authentic, and just simply say, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to do it. Right. And sometimes that's scary. It takes a lot of courage to do when you feel like the only person in the world that's doing it. But then you have people like you and Carrie Lake and April Moss who are really, you know, standing up for the integrity of journalism and hopefully inspiring many others who are experiencing the same thing to just come forward as well. So thank you. You know, in journalism school, I was taught that that the sole purpose of journalism is to provide people with the information they need to be free and self-governing, that your first loyalty is to the citizens, not the corporation, not your paycheck, and definitely not to the government, but to the, the individuals on the ground preserving their freedom through information and to the truth not special interests. So that's that's what was driven home to me. And I just hope I can remind journalists or maybe tell them for the first time that that's, that's what journalism is supposed to be. Right, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ivory. I appreciate you taking the time again to kind of chat and share your story with you know, conservatives out there. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me on. Enjoy this episode of Raised Right? Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And be sure to like and follow us on Instagram at Raised Right Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Raised Right Pod. Podcasts by Federated Media.